Happy September. Happy Labor Day, magic makers. It's Kelsey, your host. And I'm starting this episode a little bit differently today because I have a couple of updates that I want to share with you that don't necessarily have to do with the interview that you're about to hear. So first I have a personal update for you. And that is that I am moving sort of, uh, you may already know if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks that I have actually been staying at home in San Diego, where I grew up. I'm actually recording this from my childhood bedroom and I'm here right now because I went through an unexpected separation and cross country move from my apartment that I shared with my boyfriend in Seattle. And I came home to San Diego to sort of heal my heart. And it's been a few months and I finally felt ready to open myself up to where I might want to live next. It's a crazy feeling to literally have the world at my feet. And all I have to do is point at a map. And I felt super overwhelmed, but where I decided on first is the Santa Ynez Valley. If you don't know what that is, it is actually Santa Barbara wine country. It's my favorite place on the planet. It's driving distance from my hometown. So mama's happy but I'm terrified because I know not a soul up there. So if you're listening to this and you happen to know somebody in the Santa Ynez Valley, Los Olivos, Ballard, Buellton, Solvang area, DM me, tell me, tell me about them because I'm friend shopping. I will be there for a month um, from mid-September to mid-October. I'm so excited, so terrified. I'm just going to take lots of deep breaths and pay attention to my intuition and try to find my own magic in the next month. So that's my personal update. Business update. This is something a lot of you have been asking me about, and I took a long time to make the decision, and I have decided to reopen my signature course, Copy Class. I know that there are a lot of you who have been listening and who know that learning how to write your own high converting copy is one of the fastest ways to scale your business. And you've really been asking me for guidance, wondering when it was going to open again. And I just thought, you know what? I just feel like why wait another six months to open the doors? Let's invite people in. Let's see how this goes. So if you want to learn more about my signature course that teaches you how to communicate, convert, sell your stuff without feeling salesy and gross, go to kelseyformost.com slash copy class. It'll show you everything that's in there, everything you're going to learn, testimonials from people who've taken it before, everything you need to know is up there. And that link is also in the show notes below. Finally, I have one more update for you, and it's to do with the podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, it would seriously mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And that makes sure that you don't miss an episode. You'll get a little alert whenever we release a new interview. And also, it really helps me keep the podcast free for you guys, which brings me to my last thing. I just decided I want to be super transparent about this. You're going to start to hear a couple of messages from very, very, very carefully selected sponsors and brands. I 
only have a couple right now because I'm really trying to keep it to things that are actually going to help you in your business and with your mental health. I want to keep it as authentic as possible here. And I'm doing this again so that I can keep the podcast free for you guys. And also so I can pay my producer and my team what they're worth. I'm not even making a profit at all. I just really am trying to break even so that we can continue to do this and make this and release it out into the world. So the way that you can help is by subscribing, by leaving a review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the support you've already given me. I do not take it for granted. And with that, please enjoy this episode of Find Your Magic. Hello, 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 magic makers. Kelsey Foremost here, your host of Find Your Magic. Welcome back. Today's episode, I'm so excited about because we really dive into how to approach your projects, your creative projects, or your entrepreneur endeavors with a sense of play, with a sense of childlike wonder. And one of the ways to do that is to find a creative outlet that is just for joy, not putting pressure on making money on every single hobby or every single side project that you do. And that those side projects or those creative outlets pour into our cup and are just as important as the work that we put out in the world that is bringing us financial abundance. I am so excited to be having this conversation with one of my favorite humans on the planet, Mr. Gentry White. Gentry is a successful actor in Los Angeles. You have probably seen him on one of the many shows he's done, like the Shannara Chronicles, Unreal, Turn Washington Spies. Most recently, he was in Jet on HBO Max. He's super talented. He's super successful, but he also has done a really good job balancing what creativity he brings to set to his work, but also making sure that he has a creative outlet outside of work so that he can continue to approach creativity with that sense of play and childlike wonder, which is just so admirable. And we also talked a little bit about vulnerability in our work, because as a creative person, um, a lot of times we are asked to be very open and be very vulnerable. And it's hard sometimes not to close ourselves off from that feeling of vulnerability. But if you can be open, you actually might have some of the best, most lucrative, most wonderful connections, um, even some friendships in your work if you show up as your full authentic self. Finally, Gentry and I touch on a subject that I think is so important to continue to speak up about, and that is Black representation in the media and in entertainment. Gentry was so generous in sharing some of his thoughts on the subject, really opened my eyes and my heart and mind in new ways. And I am so excited for you to hear this amazing conversation. So without further ado, here is my friend, Gentry White. Now to the star of the show, Mr. Ian Gentry Cameron White the third. All of the, <laughs> the names, third. all of the names yes. hyphenated. 
You guys, Gentry is, first of all, when he's, he's one of my favorite people on the planet, but he's also a very fancy actor these days. He's <laughs> on a show called Jet on HBO Max. Ooh. Ooh, and he's been in all <laughs> kinds of fancy stuff like Fast and Furious and <laughs> Unreal and Shannara Chronicles and Turn Washington Spies. But I uh, want to take it all the way back take to- it way back. A little show called <laughs> The Fantastics. Yes. The Fantastics. Gentry, you want to tell people what the Fantastics were, please? The Fantastics, man. The Fantastics <laughs> was such a great concept. I'll start there. The concept was so good. It basically was a show. It was a web series that you and I did where it was the behind the scenes look at what it was what it took to make a children's television show. And I always thought that the concept was so cool because it was an adult, it was an adult web series, but it had so much like childlike things going on because we were like, if you know the Wiggles or I don't know what other kids shows that have just hosts like and stuff. Disney, but- it just reminded me so much of like watching the MMC. <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club, like, yeah, like, like those, like, you know, adult, adult people who are put in a situation where they're like singing and dancing high energy, like kids yeah, songs. bright colors. Like we all had our color that we would wear and stuff. What was, was your like color? Solid. I think mine was like yellow. I think yours or, was yellow. Yeah, I think yeah. it was yellow. And I was and yours pink, was of course. Yeah, pink. And then uh, there was green and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Yeah, and so it was. It was a cool. It was a cool concept, and it was one that I felt like if it was on HBO, it would have been a really cool show because it yes. was like you know these are adult people, and you never think about with adult like, problems. By the way, like, like and the reason real. I want to bring up Fantastics is actually because it dealt with some very real mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, and I just I thought that the concept was a really good um, and funny like way to like look at how what it takes to make like a tv show number one but a kid's show mm-hmm. with adults who are entertaining children mm-hmm. but i like these are adult people so i think as a kid when you're watching like you know a, a kid's tv show obviously you're not thinking about the fact that these people may have their own kids like these people might be sleeping together mm-hmm. people might have like drug addictions mm-hmm. they might be a bit of you know maybe a bit of a pedophile or they might like really young girls or boys kind of thing mm-hmm. you know maybe legal legal age but still <laughs> yeah. young, young for how old they were kind of thing so it was really it was a really interesting concept to just see like how they interact with their agents and all this kind of stuff and so and yeah. also one of the coolest parts for me of that show of the scripts were thinking about but these are actually actors who have landed the quote-unquote holy grail of acting mm-hmm. which is a series regular job meaning you're getting paid to show up over and over again to be a star on a television show and at what point does it not become okay anymore like yeah. at what point do you sacrifice the paycheck to go back to what got you into your art in the first place. And maybe you don't yeah. have to, maybe you're cool, like taking that paycheck and you're like, this is what I'm really good at. And this is what I'm going to do. But recognizing that line of like, this isn't worth it anymore. I yeah. think was a really interesting concept of that show. Yeah. Yeah. And I really felt like the show definitely could have had like better legs than it did, but especially at the time in which you and I met doing mm-hmm. that, it was 
like what seven eight oh years ago now I don't even know what year that was I mean it like, must have been I, like 2013 or 14 yeah I mean I, I it was think, right when I got to LA yeah and it, I was like I didn't I hadn't done anything at that point and so that was like a kind of a big deal and I was hoping it was going to be you know at the time anytime you do a short film or a web series you're hoping it's going to be so much more than just that and like somebody will see it and it'll get picked up and then they'll you never know I mean hey look at uh uh two queens or Um, yeah yeah like you know Brie Larson like she was in the movie version of the short film version of short term 12 that got her to really start getting the ball rolling in her you career never so you really know. never you really never know and I do think that that show had like a lot of potential to be something um I just think that at the time if we weren't where we're at today with like technology and like pushing certain stories like that forward and mm-hmm. being in the right circles and stuff now I think it now I think it could actually I still really believe in the concept I I, and too. I would actually watch it whether or not I was on it or not I think it'll be a really fun like adult show to check out and stuff so for sure that is how we met that is how we met and it brings me to the first point that I wanted to to talk about too even though it's now like the fifth point which is staying open to friendship and connection in every job that you take whatever kind of creative job it is whether you're an actor showing up on set whether you're a painter meeting a new client whether you're an entrepreneur connecting with you know a company you're going to do a freelance project for whatever it is like really making sure that you are being yourself and being open to personal connection because i mm-hmm. think we have this idea that oh you know it's work and i have to be closed and buttoned up and you know, like a certain version of ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think, um, well, I I mean, I I love this, this particular topic because I just know for me, like the relationships that I made while being in like entertainment settings and stuff have been what have benefited me the most. So like, you know, just in regards to you and I, Mm -hmm. I still remember, like, I think we were in the hair and makeup room and I found out that you didn't have like a commercial agent or like you hadn't right. been on like a national commercial audition and I was just like shook because I would like look at what you look like and I was like how is she not like out here like in these commercials and doing I all do these look like I'm I'm really I should be really good at cleaning up spills don't I <laughs> like yeah like I was like something like I was like there's so many things and I was just like I felt like you know like I was like Kelsey should be doing stuff and I was like you know obviously you had just moved here um and so I think like having those connections and for me, I was like, I looked at you and I, we had been working together a bit at that point. And I was like, I could see like the desire and the hunger and the work ethic. And I was like, and then I found out that you play guitar and then you sang well and you dance and all this kind of stuff. And so then there was already a kinship that was being um, formed there. And like, I'm from North Carolina, you went to school in North Carolina and we had a mutual friend as well. You know, and so there were just so many things that like kind of bonded us in a way that Mm -hmm. our other castmates, like I was like, they were really great, but I was like, you and I just kind of like kept going with it. And I was like, I think, I think what was important with that is despite how everything ended up, it was just like, because I believed in you so much, I was like, I was willing to do whatever, whatever you needed or whatever you might've needed help with to help you 
push further with whatever it is that you were doing, because on the reverse side, you were also helping me um, get further with what I was doing. You know, all the self tapes that we had to do and stuff, because back in the day, there was no such thing as self tapes. That's like, right. But by the time that you and I got here, that was starting to be the case. And so having to go over to your house and like, you know, because even by the time we met, I still didn't have a lot of friends here either. And so meeting one another on set and forming that sort of bond out when we finished that show it was like you were one of the biggest like aids in helping me with my self-tapes and everything like that and I was like had I not met you and had we not connected I was like I don't know what that would have been I mean I'm sure I would have figured it out but what we know is that because of that connection that we had, we were able to help each other so much. I feel like for so many years there. So that's so true. And I also want to piggyback on that and say that it was, it has been and is a wonderful relationship, mutually beneficial outside of work. And I am so grateful for, I mean, you showing up here today and just, you know, us being able to just call each other after, even if we haven't talked for a few months and just it's like no time has passed. And the thing I think that is such a shame sometimes is that especially we've sort of been trained in our heads that like, you don't want to shit where you eat (laughs) or like, you don't want to get too close to people that you're working with or like put yourself out there too much or be too vulnerable. And the opposite is true. Like you want to be vulnerable. You want to to open yourself up to these relationships, because yes, it's absolutely true that someone could be a connection that helps you in work years down the line, even, but also like personal life, like having somebody who just gets it and can be a support and just show up to hang who comes to your birthday parties and like knows (laughs) what's going on behind the scenes for you is invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like, um, you know, because I at this point, I guess I've been on quite a few sets. And I was like, I, I will say that I do think that things do change as far as like that sort of openness and connection. Because the more you work, I was like, I think you start to peel back the layers of what you mm-hmm. thought this was going to be and what these interactions were going to be like. And mm-hmm. when you and I met, I think I was probably a lot more um, open to people. And I think and I think I still am pretty open, but I think I've been on enough sets and stuff at this point that like I don't know that I go into it as quickly like or I hate to say that I'm not as open but for lack of a better word I was like I'm just a bit more like if we become friends great if not that's fine too like if you want to talk to me cool if not like we can just say our lines or whatever but but I think that speaks to exactly and mm -hmm. I think that speaks to the the piece of like being who you are and knowing what you yeah right? Like being who you are, knowing what you need, having boundaries is great. We love boundaries here on Find Your Mm -hmm. Magic (laughs) and in the life of Kelsey Foremost. Love those boundaries. (laughs) And I, but I guess what I'm saying is like, never totally close yourself off to what may come your way. And if you're showing up to your work, especially if it's creative work with Mm -hmm. a sense of play, then the right people are going to be put in your path. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even if that's temporary, it was like sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, friends for a reason, friends for a season, or however you, Ooh, you say, say it, that it again, like, say that again you know, for the people in the for back. A reason, friends for a season, you know, and it's so, it's important just to, 
you know, like I, not all relationships like maintain, but I was like, but they're there for a reason for you to like learn from, grow from, gain from. And I was like, I never go into a new relationship thinking like, well, what can I get from this? It was like, it's a very mutual give and take that's like naturally happening as opposed to me having a preconceived like idea of what how like I want for me. Yeah. Cause yeah, that, that reeks I, of desperation and everyone can reeks, smell that shit a they can mile away. Exactly. Exactly. And so I was like, it's, it's definitely one of those sort of things to where finding those like organic connections and relationships is really important. I was like, I'll just touch on the fact that for me moving to Los Angeles, I didn't know anybody either. And so the guy that I ended up connecting with when I first moved here was a friend of mine. Well, we weren't even friends. Like I, we were with the same talent agency in North Carolina. I just reached out to him on Facebook and I was just like, Hey, I just moved to LA. Like, I don't really know anybody. And I saw that you were on our agency's roster as somebody who had moved to LA and he happened to be really nice. And we ended up becoming roommates for like five years yeah, out Yeah, that was really yeah. brave and awesome. Yeah. It really worked out. It really worked out. It, I really, really worked out. And that was just like a big testament of just, you know, making connections with people that you like know and just kind of like reaching out and just seeing because it was like, what do you have to lose? The worst thing they can say is no or just not really want to be, you know, super tight friends. But I was like, I took that chance and reached out to him and we ended up to this day. I mean, I just saw him yesterday and we haven't been roommates for five years now Aww. up to this point, but you know, we were roommates for the first five years I lived in LA and it was the best, like, you know, decision that I could have made. So completely. And talk about too, just, I mean, I know this sounds a little hippie woo woo, but manifesting what you need, like putting yourself out there saying like, okay, look, I need a roommate but then also taking action and then it really working out, like having mm -hmm. that bravery to, instead of just staying small and being like, well, I'm, I'm not ready to move yet. Cause I don't, I don't know anybody like being like, yeah. no, I, it's scary, but I'm going to put myself out there and, you know, ask for what I need. And lo and behold, you ended up living together yeah. for five years. Yeah. It's crazy. I love yeah. that. This podcast is supported by better help. Magic makers, if you're listening to Find Your Magic, it means that you know how important it is to prioritize your mental health, which is why I am so happy to share about a platform I personally believe in, and that's betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P. I personally went through a period when I genuinely wanted to find a professional therapist, but I was having the hardest time finding somebody a who I wanted to work with and B who I could actually afford. So better help. It's the easiest, most accessible way to connect with and talk to a professional counselor about whatever's going on for you. Here's the gist of how it works. So better help is an online therapy platform that matches you with a licensed trained, experienced, and accredited therapist. Once you match with a therapist that's best for you and your needs, you're able to start communicating in less than 48 hours. Plus, and honestly, this is a huge reason I believe in and love BetterHelp. It's affordable because nobody should be excluded from getting the help they need because they can't afford it. So not only are the rates extremely affordable, but they even have financial aid available for anyone who needs it. So if you want 10% off your first month of therapy on BetterHelp, 
Head to betterhelp.com slash findyourmagic or enter the promo code findyourmagic at checkout. Find your magic's all one word. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash findyourmagic for 10% off your first month of therapy. Well, let's talk for a second because... I love this idea of talking to people who are super successful in a creative field, which you are about how they find ways to stay excited and creative, um, Mm. in ways that aren't necessarily focused on making money. And one thing that I'm loving that you're doing is you're kind of get newly into photography Yeah, and I'm loving this, like, vulnerable exploration and like really interesting aesthetic and you've always been into photography but I'm loving I'm so glad that you're doing it like for you now so can you talk about how you sort of arrived at you know I want something that is creative that's an outlet yeah but that like you don't put the pressure of making money on it necessarily yeah totally like so I think um so a lot of my friends I mean at this point, living in LA, I think everybody has like a pretty nice camera at this <laughs> point. Or even if you just have an iPhone, you know how to use it really well when it comes mm-hmm. to taking photos. And so having friends that already were in photography um, and stuff, and I had watched them like get a camera for the first time, start taking pictures. And then like years later, it's like, oh my gosh, these pictures are really cool. And like, they have such a vibe and such an energy to them. And I you know, as a creative, like, I was, like, I always get, I always kind of geek out when something makes mm-hmm. me feel a certain way, and Ooh, so to yes. think that, like, you know what I mean, like, I was, like, I so, to, so to see a photograph of, like, a grouping of trees with, like, a, like, a bit of light coming through, I was, like, what a moment, like, <laughs> and I was, like, and the thing that, like, you saw, like, the thing that you were just walking around in the redwoods, and you just happened to see this moment, and you shot it, and you actually captured it in a way that, like, it gives so much like life and like energy and whatever. I was like, I just kind of geek out about that kind of stuff. So to see them progressing in how good their photography was, it just kind of got me wondering like, could I do this? Like, you know, mm-hmm. what do I do? And so they, me and my friends, like it would be like five of us and we all would like have a camera and we would just run around in the middle of the night in LA and just take photos. And I didn't really know how to do much at the time. So like, I was always asking questions and like, they let me borrow their camera. I think that's such an important point though. You didn't know very much at the beginning, right? But there was that sense of creativity and play that that comes through in the art. Sometimes not knowing is actually the best thing for your art. Well, yeah, I was like, well, cause I'll, I'll, I'll kind of touch on that because then as I started doing the, the photography, I got a little bit better and I started watching a lot of photography videos, asking more questions to my friends cause they had kind of advanced to a point to where like now one of them shoots like all the Weiss watch ads. Oh, wow. Like for their Instagram page, like he shoots all their stuff. So to think that like, years ago he didn't even know how to use a camera and now like he shoots for a whole company and stuff I was like I just think it's so cool and so for me it turned into like I've always been a bit like body conscious probably have a bit of like dysmorphia with it Mm. and so when I started learning how to use my camera uh I initially was taking photos of like my friends and whoever was just like outside and stuff (laughs) but the aesthetic and the kind of photos that I really wanted um 
I wanted a certain sort of picture of myself that I was mm. too uncomfortable to like have somebody else take or for me to pay a lot of money to have somebody take and for me to like not be happy with the photos. Mm. And so I started doing research on like how to do self portraits and stuff during the quarantine. And it just turned into a whole thing to where like I bought a tripod and now I had, you know, I bought a camera of my own because I was just borrowing my friend's cameras at the time. And it was such an amazing outlet to like see my physical body in a way that like when I look in the mirror, it's like I don't see it the way that it photographs in like certain lighting. And and I'm very like, I like more abstract kind of stuff. And my friends are a bit more commercial with the kind of stuff that they like, which is great. But I was like, I like more moody, like mm -hmm. weird, like, you know, angles and like just odd, more more odd like makes you think kind of stuff Art. a bit more yeah and so I was like I, I wanted to do that and I was a bit self-conscious so I just started taking photos inside of my apartment you I know during that. the quarantine and like every day I would um kind of challenge myself to like watch some more videos to shoot and so I would go for these walks outside and usually around four is whenever I had time the lighting in my mm -hmm. bedroom to be good mm -hmm. and I would just like set up a chair in my bedroom and put my camera across the room and um I would just shoot myself for like yeah. you know an hour or something just play some music and I would, and it was so fun and it was like I would do that and then I would you know I downloaded Lightroom and then at night I would just go, go on my pictures and like it was a nice little like it was like doing an adult puzzle or something yeah like, every day but it would be an image of my own that like I shot that was of me that made me feel like wow, this is what I look like in this like way. Or, you know, if I ever did a photo shoot with like a big photographer, like I would know <laughs> how to like pose or something like that. I but think it it's so important for me. Yeah, exactly. Such mm -hmm. an outlet. And I didn't know that backstory about the body image dysmorphia, yeah. your words. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think it's such an important thing to call out because, you do look a certain type of way that if people <laughs> just saw one of the photos or saw you on jet with your shirt off, they'd be like, dang, that dude is freaking <laughs> ripped. They probably would have a hard time believing that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like, when I, and I think a lot of people, that's why I don't really like say it a lot, but it was mm -hmm. just like, I know to some degree that I have like a, an issue with like, like I was like, I will take my shirt off and stuff, but I, there's always a moment of hesitation where I like still think that I'm like the kid that I was whenever I, you know, wasn't sure. looking like this or got picked on and whatever. And so the body I knows still, it stays in us. It yeah, takes a lot of work to unpack those feelings. It really does. And it was like, but pushing myself to just be comfortable at wherever my body is at, at that time is important and so taking those photos and and I'll tell you what the real thing was Kelsey is that it was it was the thought that if I don't if I don't do this now 70 year old me is gonna be upset with myself sure. that like that like whenever I did look this way I was too self-conscious to actually like allow somebody else to take a picture of me like this or for me to even shoot myself Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was like, I have to start taking photos because I want to be able to be an older man. And like, whenever my body is like, you know, not what it looks like now for me to look back and be like, I did that, you know, yeah. like I worked really hard to look like that. And these pictures are really cool. And this is 
pictures that I took myself that I taught myself how to do this and like, you know, ask the questions to be able to do this. And it has nothing to do with acting, you know, like nothing. Like even if you book a part on a TV show as a photographer, you don't actually have to know how to shoot a photo. Right. No, but it's so, but that's such an important point of like, first of all, I also want to call out that it's not just about like looking back and saying, Oh, I looked like that. It's I, I got over myself Mm-hmm. to be able to have this image to look back on, right? Yeah. Like I'm, what yeah. I'm getting is that's kind of the core of it, right? Because yeah. it's yeah. uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to, when we feel a certain way about our body to put ourselves literally in the lens, to put ourselves yeah. literally under the microscope. Yeah, Like that's emotional work just as much yeah. as physical work. So looking back on it and being like, yeah, I did that. Like, I, I worked on that in my psyche yeah. and my mental health, as well as my physical body, like very strong and you should be proud of your body, but it's also like, there's such a, a component of, um, I don't know if pride is the word I'm looking for, but like confidence. I, mean, I definitely feel, yeah. Like it, I mean, and it's such a self-confidence builder to know that like, one, you shot this picture yourself, but two, you're the subject in the photo. Right. You know, and I was like, and and for it to be something that took me out of acting altogether. And that you can play, right? Because like, like, it's, you can't play and be self-conscious at the same time. It's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like training your neural pathways. Yeah. To see it as a pleasurable experience, right? Yeah. And I was like, I make it a whole event. Like I would said, I was like, I'll, put some music on and stuff and I'll usually be listening to music while I'm doing it and like I'll have my headphones in and then when I take the picture I like throw them away really fast so <laughs> I can like you know set my pose up or whatever but you know and what's funny is like even though I've started doing this it's like now I kind of want to step outside of my apartment because I've shot so sure. much inside of it don't we all but at this like, point <laughs> there's still but you know that's like there's still that like bit of um nerves and self-conscious like ways of thinking that stopped me from like taking my camera outside my apartment and shooting mm. myself in certain like areas because sometimes I'll see some lighting and I was like oh that would be such a cool shot and I'm just like oh I don't know I don't know something like, to work what if, what if towards somebody comes in here yeah something to work towards Hey, Magic Makers, I could not be more thrilled that one of my favorite companies in the world has generously decided to sponsor this podcast, and that company is Kajabi. If you're an online course creator or you've ever thought about creating an online course, chances are you've probably heard of them because they're the number one most trusted knowledge commerce platform. But what I really would love to tell you guys is how much Kajabi really helped my entire business. And I'm just a fan of them. So I'm so thrilled to be able to share more about all the different products that they have under the Kajabi umbrella. I personally got rid of like five or six other platforms that I was paying for because Kajabi actually replaced those platforms and enabled me to have everything in one seamless place. So I've got my online courses on Kajabi. I've got my templates. I've got my podcast hosted on Kajabi. I use them for all of my email marketing, basically Anything that I need for my business is completely taken care of 
on Kajabi. And right now they're offering a free 30 day trial, which is so great. It's more than enough time to really understand how the platform works, if it's right for you. And you can go to kelseyformost.com slash Kajabi to learn all about the platform. I've really laid it out in super simple terms for you guys. So you can learn all about why I am a fan for life of Kajabi. That's K-A-J-A-B-I. Ultimately, it goes back to just like, as an actor, like your self-confidence is so important. So like anything you can do in your like day-to-day life that's like building your self-confidence and building up the strength that you have within yourself, I think mm. is so important. And I think this was a an outlet for me that I was just like, yeah, like I am kind of good at it. Like I don't, I wouldn't consider myself a photographer, but I was like, I can take a photo. Like <laughs> I can, like I was, like, I was like, I can take a moment. You know what I mean? Like I was like, you I can. Know how to take a moment. Yeah. Super talented. I was yeah. having a really funny conversation with a friend of mine the other day about hobbies. And I was like, I really feel like being an actor my entire life, you know, the first 15 years of my professional life were completely centered around like getting the part. Right. And when I was trying to make ends meet, I was painting portraits for money. And I was, um, I, at one point was doing, making scrapbooks for rich women (laughs) so that they didn't have to for their kids. I was, I charged like $200 per scrapbook and I would put it together for these rich women. (laughs) So I did not know that. Oh yes. Kelsey foremost has had all of like, if there was a creative side hustle to be had, I did it. I promise you. Now that much I've known. Yeah. So it was a conversation I was having where I was like, I don't know that I've ever done a creative activity just for fun, not to start an Etsy shop or, you know, whatever. And the other day, literally just not even two weeks ago, I got my paints out of storage. I haven't touched them in six or seven years. Oh, wow. And I know, right. Because it wasn't making me money. And I yeah. put them away and I took them back out and I put on some music yes. and my, uh, my art teacher had passed away recently. And so I was like, what can I do to honor him? And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to paint something. I have no idea what for no other reason than to a honor this man who gave me such a gift, but also just because I feel like it because I feel Mm -hmm. like playing and I feel like being creative and I'm not going to sell this and I'm not going to worry about what, where it's going to go in the house. I'm just going to make it to make it. Yeah. And it was hard at first (laughs) to like (laughs) let go of that part of my brain and not judge it as I'm making it and being like the experience of making it was what mattered. And now I'm all about like, what can I do? Where, what, (laughs) what? Yeah. Well, it's like, and that's what I love about, that's what I love about like doing something that's like, we're not trying to get paid for it. We're not trying to do anything. Cause I think pursuing a career as an actor takes so much like mental and emotional, like focus yes, and like stability and like and the financial aspect of acting is really hard because you don't get paid, you know, Feast regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I was like, you put so much work into something that isn't paying you at all until it is paying you and even then it was like that that amount of money can't make up for how much you gotta you stretch it mm-hmm. yeah you really gotta stretch it and so finding things that like 
take you away from that 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 you still really enjoy and i was like because the photos that i take i was like i have zero intention of ever shooting like other people for any Mm -hmm. reason like i was like i literally only pull my camera out take pictures of myself like i was like i just i was like and i do it because i during the quarantine it made me realize like so much so many things but one of the things is just like think about older gentry and the things that you won't be able to do just because of like ailments or you know physical things like whatever might happen we don't know but just think about what is it that you wish that you what what is it that that version of you will say like man I wish I would have done this when I was like younger I wish I would have done this when I was younger and start doing it thinking oh, ahead gentry, and do I love those that things. so much and so that's how the photography thing came out because I was just like I know that I want to shoot my physical body looking the way that it does because I'm really proud of how hard I work to look the way that I do and I was like but I'm so uncomfortable to pay like hundreds of dollars to somebody that like Sure. I might get two photos that I kind of like or whatever. And, and like, again, that's not the core of why you want to do it, right? Yeah. Like, like I was like, I was like, I want to do it because I was like, it's like my thing. Right. You know, like all of it, like from start to finish, like picking up the camera, setting up the angle, like editing the photo, like everything I do to it, like everything I do to it was all mine. And like, yeah. I didn't have to ask anybody else about anything. I didn't have to show anybody if I didn't like it. You or are your like, own damn work of art. Yeah. So that's, so like, I will say like having photography and like, I also just started baking like last year as well. And I got really good at it. <laughs> oh my God. I love this. Okay. Yeah. You guys, Gentry and I share a very funny obsession with British culture. And immediately oh I just went to great British baking show and I, I just got did. really mad that I can't submit you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not that good. I'm like, like, I was like, I have like, like maybe two things that I'm like pretty, I would say but tell semi, me, I mean, you have my, to have binged that show like crazy, right? No, I know. I, I've watched some of it, but like, they're so good that it feels like out of my realm of possibility. You're <laughs> oh good. Like, no, no, I remember no. Whenever, I, no, I was just talking about you whenever we, oh, um, no. <laughs> I forgot who I was talking to, whenever we went to um, like Greg's apartment. And yes, to celebrate you getting turn, Washington's five. Yeah, and I was like, there's a picture of the two of us because you made like a vegan, like okay. red, white, and blue cake. Asterisk pause. Okay, the real story behind this cake, you guys. The real story behind this cake. I think I remember this too, guys. This is so embarrassing. Okay, here's the real story behind this cake. So Gentry got, it was like his big, would you consider it your big break? That was Yeah, that was my first like big episode of the television ever, yeah. It was so brilliant. You really should go back and watch it, turn Washington Spies. And what season were you for? Um, season two, episode seven. If you're oh, gonna, okay. You know, if you're gonna watch. I get confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, season two, episode seven. Great. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, and he plays <laughs> Billy Lee, who in real life was Washington George Washington's slave. I mean, do yeah. we call him his yeah. slave? Was I think he bought him when he was like seventeen, and he was pretty much George Washington's like right hand man, kind of like you know his child in the sense, I guess. Wow. But, you know. He bought him when yeah. Washington was 17 or when Billy was 17? When Billy was 17. So George Washington wasn't even the president yet. Yeah. Whenever Billy came into the picture and like he kind of was, you know, his aide, like he was always there. I mean, he was just a, essentially He's an just amazing, a slave. Yeah. yeah he an just, amazing figure. Is really, 
yeah, like, like there definitely should be more about like who he was and the closeness that he was in the vicinities of like these, you know, country leaders. At he absolutely time. deserves to be talked about with all of the founding fathers. And we're going to get to that in a second, but briefly this freaking cake. <laughs> so it's Gentry's big break. We are having a viewing party. We're watching it live on yeah. television. Remember when we watched things live on television? Uh, yeah. And uh, we went to our manager's house. So nice. Uh, he invited like a group of us over and I was going to bring this American flag brownie cake. It was vegan and like everybody was into being all health conscious, whatever. So I go and I get all the ingredients and I full on make this cake. And I'm t when I tell you guys, it stank to high heavens. I'm like, is it because it's vegan? Like what on earth? This cake does not smell appetizing. I've got to test it before I put the frosting on. And I tested it and I almost threw up and I was like, I'm never cooking vegan again. And then I look at all the ingredients and I realized I had used garlic oil. Yep instead of normal coconut oil yes. to make the cake. And I literally, it's, it's just a shocker. I didn't just vomit everywhere. It was the most embarrassing thing. And thank God I oh caught it God. before I was just like, eh, it'll be fine. And like brought it to the party, like garlic <laughs> chocolate cake. Imagine. Oh. But no, I remade it. It was a hit. I made an American flag out of blueberries and strawberries. We have a great. photo. I was to... like, I still have that photo. Yeah, I'll be a picture somewhere. Picture like, didn't happen. It. But yeah. I want to. I don't want to gloss over Billy Lee because that actually is a great segue into something that I'm so grateful you're being generous enough to talk about today, which is representation of Black Americans in entertainment mm. and in pop culture and in the media. Yeah. And I distinctly remember like learning about Billy Lee through you, through that part. Yeah. And as a ignorant white woman, learning that for the first time and thinking, why doesn't everybody know who Billy Lee is? And it's such a micro, 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 micro example of a moment when representation truly did matter and mm -hmm. education truly did matter. Mm-hmm. So if you are open to it, I would love for you to share any thoughts that you might have on, yeah. on that subject. Yeah, you know, what's so funny is like at the time, I remember how much I wanted to be like, like, I mean, the turn was years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember moving to LA and it felt like in order to be like considered like a real like quality black actor you had to have played a slave you yes. know because like everything that like everything that we had to do you know for a young actor like you were probably going to play a slave at some point because there were so many slave things coming out and it was know? one of and, the only categories in which you saw yourself represented yeah and so it was just like you, you're thinking like oh yeah like I was like I could play a slave and like I remember I used to say like I could outslave anybody in LA because I was from wow. the South. I remember thinking that, like, I was like, oh yeah, I could do it, you know? And so to get that part, it was really cool. But I think the reason why I really was happy to get that particular role is because Billy Lee wasn't a like regular run of the mill slave. Like he got to be very well dressed and, you know, he got to be in those spaces with like, George Washington um, and he was the general Washington at the time we were, doing the show and stuff and I mean looking back at it it was like I was so happy to do it and then 
it was like after the fact, anytime there was a slave in the show, like I was always getting an audition for it. And I mm. started to pass on them because I was like, I don't want to play a slave anymore. Like, I don't like how this feels. And I'm actually quite tired of like these being the stories that if you're going to have more than two black people in this project, it's a slave movie all of a sudden, or like a yeah. Tyler Perry movie. And it was just like, I don't know why there's only like we're only allowed to have like one maybe two black people in the project that like isn't all black cast or something and you know those sort of thoughts started coming into my mind and um so I started passing all together on most slave auditions after that point and I'm so grateful to have done turn and everything but I'm sure it wasn't easy to pass on auditions uh, because that's that's something that I don't want to gloss over it's hard to say no to something so hard oh my gosh it's like I mean to this day even the fact that I've like done enough work to where I can pass on stuff and everything will be okay like I'm not in jeopardy of like being dropped from my like representation or anything it still is hard because you're like "Ah, am I like passing up on an opportunity that would like you know move my career move the needle or whatever but at the end of the day like I mean I know you know me well enough to know that it was like how I feel morally Mm -hmm. in this world is bigger than acting to me yeah so I'm just like I don't care what this role is or who is in it I was like these are just people to me this is just a job or whatever because I need to go to bed feeling like good about the work that I've done and the shows that I'm agreeing to be a part of and the characters I'm agreeing to portray. And so I was like, even if I only played villains the rest of my life and stuff or whatever, I was like, as long as it's a story that I like respect, then I'm yeah. okay with that, you know? And so at that time, Turn was something that I was super here for and everything. But post-Turn, I was like, my feelings changed and I felt like I did what I needed to do as far as playing a slave. And that doesn't mean that I wouldn't play a slave again. It's all a matter of It has of to be life. the right story has to be the right story and so because I was like me as like a black man in Hollywood it was like my physical body is so much more than just like this thing that like I'm just an actor or whatever I was like you're not gonna use this body in this image to tell a story that who the person is in this body doesn't agree with just for the sake of like, oh, I need a job or I need money or whatever. I was like, I don't need anything. I don't need anything to make me compromise like my moral standings on what I believe personally to be what I want to do in this world. And so, you know, I was like, I don't, I'll pass on stuff simply because I was like, I don't agree with this story. I'm just ready for Black people to be like, mystical fairies and like, you know, wear amulets and like disappear into like- Garrett Jacks, baby. Yeah, like, I just want like, to be mystical, magical. Like, I don't want to, like, tell... I'm, I'm so tired of American, like, American stories that are really rooted in racism and hate amongst races of people. I was like, I just... I know that there's plenty of stories that still need to be told, but unless you're going to tell those stories in a way that is refreshing in a way we haven't seen, then just let it go. I was just like, until until I get to be a magical, like... <laughs> dwarf in something or whatever than you brother know. of dragons remember i, I still want to do brother yeah. man we had this idea like, of doing a web series way back when when game of thrones was very much like at its height and we were <laughs> brother of dragons yes. i don't know 
what it even was. I don't was, know what the but... concept was. I just know I wanted to say like the brother of dragons at the end of everything. Like I was hashtagging it on pictures <laughs> and stuff. Like I loved it. And I was I'm like, here for it. Like I love that kind of stuff. And like, I feel like the way that my mind works is like, it lends itself to like fantasy and mysticism and stuff. And like the, the sort of stories that I find really interesting have to deal with that as well. And so I was like, mm -hmm. I've, if somebody was asking me like, what would your ideal role be or something like that? I was like, if I could play a villain in a fantasy movie. Oh my like, gosh, dream. If I could be Maleficent of some kind or whatever, or if I could be, dream. I always say like, I want to be a mix of like, um, if Poison Ivy and like, uh, there's a show called Power that Omari Hardwick stars in. Oh, but it was yeah. like, if I could be a mix of Poison Ivy and Omari Hardwick in Power, if they had like one, if they were one person, like that's the kind of like villain I would want to play. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Gentry, thank you so much for coming on here and yeah. talking to me about all the things. You know we can keep going. You know we can keep I going. I know, I know we could. <laughs> we'll have to do a part two follow-up. But for now, tell the people how to support you, where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gentry White. Um yeah, and Jet is now on HBO Max. Uh, you can watch Unreal on Hulu. You can watch Unreal. Turn on Netflix. Oh my god, Shinar one of my favorites on that you've ever done. Too. That was so fun. That show was yeah. such a guilty pleasure. And now that it's Bachelorette oh. season again, oh right, it's a good watch. Yeah, yeah, that one's real. That one, that one was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and I have another show coming out called Leopard Skin mm. that will hopefully be out at the end of the year maybe early next year they're in post-production now so we will see very exciting oh this is great yeah yeah gentry thank you again and everybody for tuning into this episode of find your magic i'm kelsey foremost be sure to give this podcast a like a subscribe a follow Good reviews mean so, 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 so much. It helps us get discovered by um, more viewers like you. So definitely yes. uh, leave us a little review, a little like, and we really appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Hey, Magic Maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic. <laughs>